Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, my name is Ahmed Masri. I'm a cardiologist at Oregon Health and Science University, and I direct the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Center as well. Today, I will be talking to you about our recent study, Efficantin in patients with symptomatic non-obstructive hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. This is the Redwood HCM Cohort 4 trial. In terms of background, Efficantin is a cardiac myosin inhibitor. It's the next in class, and we have been uh, testing it primarily in obstructive hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Those were the Redwood HCM cohorts 1 to 3, and uh, those were uh, a part of this phase 2 study. Then in cohort 4, we moved on to investigate efficantin in non-obstructive HCM patients. As you're all well aware, HCM, non-obstructive HCM patients do not have proven therapies, and uh, if they progress to birth out stage, then they will need cardiac transplantation if they are eligible for it, but there are no other therapies. And so in this study, our goal was to assess the safety and efficacy of efficantin in patients with non-obstructive hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. This is our eligibility criteria. So patients had to have symptoms as defined as NYHA class 2 or 3, left ventricular ejection fraction above 60%, no LVOT gradients. Even with uh, provocation with Valsalva, the LVOT gradient had to be less than 30. NT pro BNP had to be elevated to 300 or above, and no history of low ejection fraction below 45% in the past. And as I mentioned, safety NYHA class LVF cardiac biomarkers were assessed. So we enrolled 41 patients. I'm presenting the data on the study for 40 patients up to week 10, and then 35 patients up to week 12, because the study just concluded a couple of weeks ago. This is our study schema and titration schedule. So it is a 14-week study, 10 weeks on treatment, and then four weeks of washout. Patients get screened, and then once they are eligible, they start day one with five milligrams of efficantin. Then at uh, week uh, two, they go to 10 milligrams of efficantin. And then at week four, they go to 15 milligrams of efficantin. This is a dose-finding study and safety evaluation. So we wanted to push efficantin for the whole range between 5 and 15 milligrams, if it's safe to do so. So we used very simple titration schema, which is if the ejection fraction is about 55%, you up titrate. If it's between 50 and 54, you maintain. And if it's below 50, you down titrate. And uh, you have up to week six to down titrate. You can't up titrate at week six again, even if you were on 10 milligrams. And then the rest is a follow-up phase. And so, and of course, you discontinue VF at any point was below 40%. And so with that in mind, we really didn't look at symptoms or uh, biomarkers to titrate up or down. It was just simply left ventricular ejection fraction because we wanted to see what two patients do at these higher doses. So these are our baseline characteristics and those achieved. Mean age was 56. We had 59% women. And then our trial population was diverse, 20% Black or African-American and 5% Asian. In terms of NYHA class, half of the patients had NYHA class 2 and the other half had NYHA class 3. Left ventricular ejection fraction was 68% as you'd expect from a non-obstructive HCM population. And NT pro BNP here, the geometric mean was 1,254. This is the highest NT pro BNP mean that you've seen any of the hypertrophic cardiomyopathy trials, representative of the population we've selected to enroll. And also high sensitivity troponin was elevated at 287 
This is um, a representation of the doses used in the study. 85% of patients achieved 15 milligrams. So the highest dose offered to these patients. And then the rest achieved 10 milligrams. No patient stayed on 5 milligrams. This is important because it shows us that um, any result you see going forward, that we were able to use the highest dose available for these patients. And um, this is part of the story in non-obstructive HCM is that are you able to push these medications to derive the most benefit from them or not and do that safely, obviously. So Afikamten was well tolerated. These are summary of the safety uh, data, uh, treatment emergent adverse events, 66% of patients. This is a summary of them. You can look at them, but I'm going to focus mainly on some other things. So the first thing to focus on is the panel here on the right lower side, where EF essentially just had a modest decrease from 70 to 66% on average. And um, in terms of EFs below 50%, there were three patients who had EFs that's that, uh, 50%. That's 7% essentially of the study population. Two were in permanent AFib, and we all recognize how difficult it is to quantify LVF in patients with permanent, permanent atrial fibrillation. One only reported palpitations that required rate adjustment of their rate control medications. I think what's more important is that these were numerical decreases. There were no AEs for heart failure reported, and so no clinical heart failure in any of these patients. And all of these decrease, uh, decrements happened towards the end of the study. There wasn't an opportunity to down titrate. For these patients. So they just got off the drug by design at week 10, and then the EF returned to uh, normal or baseline by week 12. The other thing to mention is that there were three SAEs in this study. One was bronchitis, one was new onset atrial fibrillation, and one was cardiac arrest. None were related to Afikamten. The cardiac arrest uh, patient had already history of aborted sudden death and um, had all the assessment throughout the study until uh, they died, and there was no indication that this is related to Afikamten, and you'll hear more about this uh, in the future. And then there were no drug discontinuations, and this is important because our patients tolerated Afikamten throughout, and even despite the fact that they had some AEs, there were no uh, drug discontinuations. One patient held um, uh, the drug for two days in the setting of uh, palpitations, and one patient had a dose reduction to 10 milligrams because they complained of fatigue. Uh, but none, none otherwise. For in terms of efficacy, uh, we're excited to report that in terms of NYHA class, 55% or 54% of the patients had improvement in their NYHA class by at least one class. This is important. As you can see here at baseline, we started 50-50 in terms of NYHA class two and three. And then by the end, the majority of the patients were NYHA class one or two. The reason why this is important is that we also shifted a good number of patients to NYHA class one. So completely asymptomatic. And um, this is not an easy goal to achieve in non-obstructive HCM since patients have an overlap with heart failure syndrome as well. And the other point is, this is an open-label study. So you'd expect there is some sort of placebo effect. But we know from multiple trials previously that the placebo effect in HCM patients with NYHA class is about 30, 35%. So this is way beyond what you'd expect from a placebo effect. In terms of NT-proBNP, we started at around 1,200, and you can see over time how by week 10, we are, uh, nt probably was reduced by about 55, uh, 56% from baseline, so robust reduction down to almost 5,500 range, and then troponin behaved in similar fashion, and those were statistically significant. So in conclusion, Redwood HCM cohort 4 is the first study exploring dosing and tolerability of afikamten in patients with non-obstructive HCM. Afikamten was well-tolerated with modest on-target reductions in LVEF. 
in response to afikantin over 10 weeks while we are pushing the dose to the maximum tolerated by the patients and the ejection fraction. There were significant improvement in patient heart failure symptom burden as well as in non, um, as well as improvement in cardiac biomarkers during this open label study. And we will be testing the 20 milligram dose in the open label forest HCM study. So in, in summary, these results do support our uh, further uh, study of afikantin in a larger longer term trial of patients with symptomatic non-obstructive HCM. Thank you. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.